to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 352 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know, I, I know the ladies went to war this weekend. Shakur put on a show, but we'll get to that later, baby. It's time to fire up the Vincente Fernandez. <laughs> it's Canelo Alvarez fight week, Ken. Oh, man. Crank that fucking oompa shit. <laughs> <laughs> Crank it, yeah, dude. I crank. I've been cranking El Rey all week, son. <laughs> Just getting hype. Oh, people don't even know the how deep your Canelo closet is. <laughs> Mad, but I'm a hater, Ken. I I'm one of the biggest haters. Uh, yeah, that looks like about a fifty-five dollar <laughs> authentic Canelo ad. <laughs> you ain't hating thirty-five dollar shirt, you know. Spared no expense. Man, filling the coffers of the richest man in boxing. Yeah, Jesus Christ. No fucking shame over here. <laughs> That's right, man. Hey, I, I read a couple reviews uh, this past week, and uh, one of the one-star reviews that we, <laughs> that we got were that we are the Casual Fans Boxing Podcast, apparently. Oh, really? That's what we've been dubbed. Oh, well. Eight years will do that. <laughs> It'll beat you down. <laughs> you are dressed like fucking Garth <laughs> in, in the Reebok gear. That's what this fucking show's been for the last eight years. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. If anything, we have not sold out. No. Which is why we lay stagnant. <laughs> <laughs> We're stuck in some nether region. You guys get paid? No. Actually, uh, send us your address. We'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Cinco de Mayo weekend. It's Canelo Alvarez versus Dimitri Bivol. Um, and like you said, we got the post fight. But the talk's been heating up between old Bud the Bass Fisherman <laughs> And old fucking show pony Earl over there, man. <laughs> um, so, look, as long as we're talking about that and we're not talking about Devin Haney painting his fingernails, I'm good. Yeah, I think we're, everybody's better <laughs> off. Because we ain't that casual. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to episode 352 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Apple Podcasts and Spotify rate and review. We appreciate it. Check out the video version of the podcast on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at the Boxing Rant. All right, Vin, let's get to the fight preview. Uh, this weekend from Las Vegas, Canelo Alvarez goes back to 175 pounds, and this time he's not taking on a compromised Sergey Kovalev on short notice. He's taking on another Russian light heavyweight, um, one that is viewed to be in his prime. One that Canelo may have even been able to, you know, fucking butter a little bit of that A-side diva spread all over <laughs> and bring him down to 168 because B-Ball yeah. had talked about it for years. But this fight happens at 175 pounds. Some people out there regard B-Ball as the best technical fighter at 175 pounds. I'm just not sure that B-Ball has the intestinal fortitude that it requires to dig deep um, and go late rounds and endure the kind of punishment that Canelo Alvarez has been putting on his recent fighters. But I am going to say this and then pass it to you, Vin, for, for your take on the fight here. I'll, you can knock Dimitri Bivol as being just one of 
many and a long line of white guys that Canelo Alvarez has been in the ring with recently, right? But don't get it twisted. This ain't no sweet ham plant. <laughs> this ain't no fucking Billy Joe. This ain't no Caleb or Caleb or Callum or Zach or Zeke or <laughs> <laughs> it's none of these guys, right? Um, Dimitri Bivol is uh, is a legitimate fighter um, in his physical prime, and he's a far better fighter than who Canelo has fought recently. I know that compromises and puts dents into everybody's Canelo Alvarez narrative as being like, he fought 15 times in 2021. <laughs> but who else is doing that? Who else works out as much? Who else hits as many golf balls? Who else practice every day? Every day. <laughs> every day, you know? Who doesn't like Canelo does it? Well, I mean, not, no, not everybody can beat Canelo. But if somebody um, of the recent run, uh, you know, is of the same, I don't know, elite ilk, I guess it would be Dimitri Bivol. He stands above the rest of the guys that he's been in the ring with recently. That wasn't no prime Kovalev. No, no. I, look, I wouldn't coin this like uh, White Boy Summer 2.0 here, like the start of it anyways. Right. But there are some things that, that concern me with Bivol that have concerned me with all of those guys, too, that he shares in common with them that I've said before. Is he prepared for this? This moment, this fight, walking out to a packed crowd in Vegas, an absolute hype crowd full of Mexican fans. This is just an atmosphere and the type of thing he's not used to. Is he the type of fighter that can tune it out and put on a show? I, I, I just don't know any of that about him. So to me, it's just... You're unprepared, dude. Like, I don't know how he's going to react to any situation in this fight. And you said it when you were talking about it, you know, previewing this fight here. He could have brought him down to 168. For whatever reason, Canelo doesn't feel the need to. He feels he can go to 175 and win this fight easily. To me, that says a lot. He at least could have made it some kind of Canelo weight, catch weight, whatever you want to call it, 172. He did none of that. Most fighters will do like fighters of that ilk have done that when they've moved up. So I, I give him credit for all that, but there's I think there's a reason, man. I just think, I, look, Bivol is one of those fighters to me that is very he's very linear. He works off a rhythm. If he can't get into his rhythm and stay in his rhythm and work off of that rhythm, I I just don't think he's a very versatile fighter. I don't think he can fight off the back foot. I don't think he's a good inside fighter. He leaves himself open a lot to the body with his arms kind of extended out as he's boxing. Now, he's going to be at a distance that Canelo's going to have to close, and he's going to have to figure that out. And it might take him a little longer than it has against the Billy Joes, against the Caleb Plants. But I think eventually in this fight, Canelo's going to catch up to this kid. And I, and I think it's going to be Bivol's predictability in the end, that he's go there's going to be a rhythm and a predictability to what he does that a fighter like Canelo Alvarez will just fucking it, it only it's, it's just a matter of time and it may look like he's getting beat early bad and this might be a, a tough fight but it's not going to look like the one where you know where Kovalev was beating him early but he was just touching him with that jab he might actually get touched up but he's going to find that timing he's going to find that rhythm eventually and I just I, I can't see it going well for Bivol down the stretch I just can't I'm going to go back to the the narrative that everybody is, you know, that we're going with, right? That's the the, the popular storyline with Canelo is he does it better, more often. Mm -hmm. You just touched on it from the angle of the opponent. 
does he do does he practice his craft as often does he take it as seriously as Canelo Alvarez well you know I'm gonna punch some holes in a little bit of that because I feel like coming in in some ways to this Dimitri Bivol fight that that has uh, maybe Canelo feeling a little comfy Mm -hmm. feeling himself Mm -hmm. feeling a little cozy right yeah um, because I do not overrate Caleb Plant, Billy Joe Saunders. No. I don't overrate any of the guys, and I certainly don't overrate Avni Yildirim <laughs> or the ghost of the crusher, right? No. I don't overrate these guys. So I look at them as, okay, he's an active fighter, but, I mean, you still pay the same amount to go to the gym every day as the guy that only goes once a month, right? <laughs> 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 I, 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 I mean, seriously, I, I, I think to some, Canelo's feeling himself. Everybody's feeling Canelo. Oh, yeah. You're definitely feeling Canelo. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I just look at this like Canelo's going to come out and he is going to struggle in this fight. Mm-hmm. I don't think Canelo is ready to take the step up against somebody that is aggressively active. My only issue with Dimitri Bivol in this is a little bit of what you said but also that I, I I haven't seen him pushed in a fight to the point where I've been like, this motherfucker, I mean, he hasn't gotten mad yet. What's it going to take to piss this guy off? Right. I think that there's going to be moments because Canelo's going to be looking for the precise shot, the precise moments, right, to, to, to hit B-ball with those memorable, impactful, long-lasting shots into the fight, right? Mm-hmm. But to get to those points, it, you know, it's going to be up to B-ball. Is he going to wilt under those big shots? Or is he just going to keep driving through it? I think the activity of Bivol, I think physically this will be the first time that Canelo Alvarez has met his match, okay? And people are like, what did you see? Did you see Callum? Callum is six foot five. They've been compared to different varieties of trees. He is so tall and lengthy, <laughs> right? Um, look, man, I, that's fantastic. Callum, you're a tall, swell fellow. I'm sure you have a massively long dong, but you fight like a wimp, right? So when you have a wimpy posture, or when you, or 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 when you sort of curdle like milk in the in the face of the heat, right? Like 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 Caleb Plant that he was like, oh my gosh, it's Canelo! Canelo, let me have your autograph in the middle of the fight. Yeah, you know, I don't okay. think Bivol is going to do any of that. My problem with Bivol is. Does he have that final gear? Because I think it's going to require him hitting the nitrous button to be able to beat Canelo Alvarez. If he can sustain his activity and withstand the body shots of Canelo Alvarez, he is going to work his way to a very close decision loss because Canelo is going to get the decision if this fight is close. We know how A-sides work in Vegas regardless. I think Canelo's the better fighter. I just think that it's been a really fucking long time since Canelo Alvarez has fought somebody of this caliber. Yeah, I, look, I, I just don't I, – as as much as I believe Bivol's definitely better than all the guys he just beat at 168, I think the gap between Canelo and those guys at 168 was huge. And I, I, and I think Bivol's is somewhere in the middle there, but I still think that gap is fucking vast, man. I mm. <clears throat> like, a, like throwing a hot dog down a hallway? Yeah, man. You you coming in late on that thing. That thing's been stretched, all right? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, it's just the way that Canelo has looked, even against those guys, it's almost like 
He's just playing around. It's 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 it just becomes so easy to him. And it, my problem with Bivol is what happens when Bivol can't fight Bivol's fight? He gets himself into trouble. If somebody puts a little pressure on him, he gets himself into trouble. I think Bivol wins some early rounds, and I think maybe some of what you're saying is after three rounds, everybody's going to be saying we got ourselves a fight, and then it's a, the the tide is going to turn like it always does at, in a, at a certain point. And, and I, I just think Canelo's going to be too much like he has been for everybody. He's just going to maybe not get the stoppage here, but he's going to beat Bivol up pretty bad in the in the championship rounds of this fight and win a 116-112, type fight. I think that that's the, that's the feeling, the assumption that people get when they're, when they're analyzing the fight is that, you know, at some point Canelo – is going to have fucking softened this dough up, and he's ready to throw that <laughs> that shit's proof. Throw that right. bitch in the oven, right? You know, um, he's cooked at some point. I just I love anytime. I've always been this way, and, and since I've been a boxing fan, the, the boxing's a side. I just it's like okay, motherfucker. I'll, <laughs> I'll acknowledge that you're on the fucking. You know, even though it was some Game of Thrones backstabbing, stealing G's fucking bull. You know what I'm saying? Even though all that shit happened. All right, motherfucker, you won the throne. You you stabbed him in the back. Good for you. Uh, fucking Kingslayer over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, Canelo's on the fucking throne, right? He is. Yeah, he is. He's at the top of the game. And, and, and I'd like to see somebody knock him off that throne, um, especially... Because he has been so, and maybe he is just that much better than everybody right now, but he's been so flippant. And not only, I mean, dude, his dismissing of Triple G in his next fight as light work, what do you think Dimitri Bivol thinks about those comments? Thinking like, he's looking right past me and saying his next fight against the toughest guy he's ever fought twice is going to be easy work. He must think. I'm a fucking cream puff. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah, look, uh, here's Bivol's biggest problem, Ken. I don't think he has the power to hurt Canelo. I don't think Bivol punches harder. I don't even think he punches harder than Triple G, honestly. So that's his biggest problem. Is He's got to get respect somehow. Anybody who's going to beat Canelo, you better get his fucking respect with your power or it's going to be a rough night for you. None of these guys last year could even sniff an ounce of respect from that motherfucker. I feel like he knows it in this fight, like, I don't know. He, he's just kind of ahead of everybody. Uh, 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 seeing the game, dare I say, like fucking like Floyd was towards the end. Just he, he's he's seeing it and he knows this is easy work. Yeah, I, I'll win this fight easy. Yeah, yeah. No, look, there's only a couple guys in boxing that that today that that fight that see it that way. Right. You know, dude, you watch my man Chocolatito operate. You know, my man be seeing things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that we can't see with a, in, in in the spectrum that our eyes visualize. Right. Right. You know, and I agree. Canelo seems to be in the zone right now. Um, and look, if you're going to go into a fight like this, you're going to step up to 175 pounds and take on one of the best guys uh, in the division for for quite a while. Um, it takes supreme confidence, and that's what makes Canelo uh, so hard to bet against in this. But you know what, man? I, I'm putting my money on Bivol because I just want to throw it away. Uh, dude, I think you can get him at like uh, – I was looking earlier. Like, I just don't see him winning a fucking decision. Well, it's plus 650 or plus 600, something like that. I, dude, that's pretty good for your money if you're going to make a bet in this fight anyways. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I just – 
It's going to be one of these fights. I think it's been a while since we've seen Canelo struggle, and I think he is going to struggle in this fight. I if, really do. If you want to bet, if you want to bet Bivol points, you might as well bet the draw too, because that's more than likely going to happen if Bivol wins. <laughs> should should win the fight. Right, should win. If Bivol wins the fight, it'll be a draw. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you win, you actually lose. Ken. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Uh, you got anything else on Canelo? And, uh... Nah, I think we're good. I think we covered that. All right, Vin, let's get to the action from this past weekend. Oscar Valdez versus Shakur Stevenson. Mm. A unification fight at 130 pounds. And perhaps the coronation of Shakur Stevenson. Um, coming into the fight, I got a lot of heat for being very fucking flippant and dismissive of the work, the resume of the hardworking mentality <laughs> of Oscar Valdez and saying that I don't want to say this, but Oscar Valdez might get embarrassed by Shakur Stevenson. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Um, it doesn't take away. I don't look Oscar Valdez shouldn't be looked down upon because this happens every generation in boxing a few times, right? right? I don't even know if it's a passing of the torch moment. Sometimes you just run into somebody that you cannot beat. Oscar Valdez could fight Shakur Stevenson 10 times, and he would lose 10 out of 10. Yeah. I, 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 there's just no way. And, and, and look, it speaks. Let's not just, you know, have a fucking pity party here for Oscar Valdez. What this speaks to is Shakur Stevenson realizing the hype. Uh, he's been hyped since day one, mm -hmm. right? From the beginning of turning, since he won the silver medal in the Olympics, since he turned pro, the hype behind him, dude, at first it seemed unwarranted. I was like, dude, this fucking guy, he can't even punch his way out of a wet paper bag. How is this guy going to go into brutal divisions at 126 pounds, 130 pounds, if he can't fucking punch? These guys can crack, yeah, right? Uh, sure shit. It only took about six or seven fights, um... You know, it looked like he started fucking, uh, you know, working with the nutritionist, fucking lifting weights, putting on some some man strength finally. And, uh, dude, I haven't seen quickness in a in a defensive, reactionary, twitching mm -hmm. mode since young Floyd Mayweather. This is the most athletic defensive fighter I have seen since Floyd. Is that hyperbolic or am I, am I on to something there? Well, I think there's a, there's a difference between them certainly in the ways that they fought, fought when Floyd was a little bit, well, not a little bit, he was way more aggressive in his, in his style, but just but strictly the, defense defensively. And, and speaking from a quickness and, and defensive uh, perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's next level shit. We're seeing the distance management, the ability to time his counter punches, his left, there's one thing I think he lacks. If I would like, and I don't, <laughs> I hate to pick anything apart that this kid does because he's, if not on a pound for pound list, on the verge of pound for pound list in the conversation for pound for pound list. But he's just not a natural puncher. He doesn't like he doesn't throw his punches naturally. He's, he's not ever going to be like a, a real silky combination puncher. But he's he's accurate as hell, and he's got all kinds of different shots he can mix in. It's hard to think of any fighter in boxing right now that dominates fights and, and is able, like, I don't want to take away from what happened here. Oscar Valdez was 30-0 and 0 with 23 knockouts uh, in his second division as a champion. Like, as a 24-year-old to do what he did to a fighter like Oscar Valdez, I know people will try to downplay how good Valdez is. I'm not trying to say he's some all-time great. What I'm saying is 
as of this generation in this era, he's been one hell of a fighter. And you dominate him like that, that's a fucking statement right there. And that kid's 24. And what that frame that he's working with now, he's 147, easy. And it's just tough to see any fighter out there that can box him and beat him if he's fighting like that. You're going to have to bring it to him, and good luck with that. Like, I, like, like, can Devin Haney outbox him? Like, I used to think Devin Haney was the best young boxer of the bunch. I've slowly shifted in the, in the last two years to the Shakur Stevenson camp, and especially after watching that performance. Oh, that shit going to shift inside your fucking stomach after he <laughs> lose to George. <laughs> Twice. I, I mean, he, I, look, I think George fitting to get his ears boxed off, but but what I'm saying is – as far as these young fighters go, yeah. I think Shakur has, has has supplanted all of them. Maybe not in resume, but he's got two. You know, he's got his second division now. He's unified. He's got the ring belt. He's made the statements, and he's kind of cemented himself as the guy of that young crop right now. That can change when Devin Haney fights Cambosis if he makes a fucking statement. But I, you know, I just I I. I the idea of those two boxing down the road, it probably would be an absolutely fucking horrid, boring boxing match for a lot of people to sit through. Shakur got a better resume at 130 than Furry do at heavyweight, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a fucking argument to be made there. <laughs> I just stirred a pot, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you want to get technical. I mean, yeah, dude, this, this kid is special. Like, Shakur Stevenson is legit special he is he's 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 next level talent i'm actually really excited uh to watch the you know his career develop because i i have a hard time with with the defensive fighter in general right but he's not the funnest fighter to watch he's not he's not but if you can take somebody like you just said the level of oscar valdez and make him look so pedestrian yeah you know, make him look like he's fighting like one of our buddies, you know, when when he's fighting a world class fighter. Right. But that's what you do. That's how you become pound for pound. You don't talk about it. You don't fucking quote about it, you know, and you don't fucking throw, you know, 10 punches around or um, four punches in Rigo's case. If you're going to be a defensive fighter. Right. Shakur Stevenson's able to mix in enough offense along the way to make it interesting. Um, and he's not running while doing it. I'm watching a guy making you fucking miss. Like, he's more like a matador in the ring, whereas Rigo's more like, you know, he on the Kenyan long-distance team. You know? <laughs> Just it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. He's going to be running, running. No, either that or he's fucking real good at Tony Hawk's skate on PlayStation 2 because that motherfucker be skating, young. <laughs> you know? And 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 to me, Shakur is kind of making making you look bad as part of the entertainment. Yeah, you know. Oh, absolutely. And so, yeah, dude, I think the sky's the limit for him. I'm really, really interested because you know, look, man, over the last, I'd say probably five years in boxing, uh, American boxing has kind of been sus to a degree. You know, it's been a, I would say it's been overrated. It's been a lot of really, really great American fighters, but uh, you know, I think that uh, Shakur Stevenson is the next truly great american fighter it seems like you know we're watching this these all these young guys and i you know obviously we've said what we've said about them uh, in the past but i i feel like the tide is going to turn on pound for pound list here you're going to start to see an influx of american fighters where it's been pretty fucking international for the last 
almost decade in boxing. The cover's been bare. Yeah, it, it, it has. It has. And, and it seems to be turning the corner a little bit, which I do like to see for sure. It's been a while since uh, since we can raise our flags in America and say we got the world's best boxers across the board. I, I honestly feel like it has been way too long. Yeah, dude, it's been a really, really long time. Uh, this generation has bounced around from – you know, the fucking UK invasion, 14 world champions, <laughs> right? Jesus. You remember those glory days? Those were, those were some dark days, my friend. <laughs> they were, but they did fucking give birth to this fucking hot mess of a podcast. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Yeah, look, man, Shakur Stevenson is is on that, that watch list, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Keyshawn Davis, um, Jerron Ennis. Right, Jared Anderson. I mean, there are a ton, and I, I'm, I'm missing a bunch. Right? Yeah, you got Haney. You got, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. So uh, yeah, things are looking bright for American boxing for sure. All right, Vin. Let's get to uh, the final card from the weekend. Um, the fight from Madison Square Garden the on the zone. The fight of the century, Ken. Okay, let's get it right. The fight of the century. The fight of the century. That's being coined. That. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to keep it real, real short and real simple, right? Look, great crowd. Um, Jesse Vargas versus Liam Smith was an action-packed fight. Liam Smith looking like the gray-haired Canelo in there. <laughs> he was looking boy. like he'd been doing his training in the in the cow pastures of Guadalajara, <laughs> 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 looking fucking swollen there, right? Um, but yeah, man, a really good fight between. You know, two fucking crossroads guys. Poor, guys. J- poor Jesse took a beating. He did. He did take a beating. Um, and then, you know, the main event, right? Uh, dude, look, man, the crowd was was hype. I've been to a, a, a bunch of events at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And it could just be the demographic of the event. I, I don't know. Even at Vasily Lomachenko versus Jorge Linares, that crowd was pretty mixed, right? Yeah. Boxing crowds typically are, especially in major cities, right? Yep, yes. Uh, so I, I was just, it looked like I was honestly watching like the Oprah Winfrey show. Like <laughs> like the fucking crowd was a bunch of like middle-aged white women. That was the whitest crowd I've ever seen at Madison Square Garden. I mean, you would think, it, it felt like we were watching the Golden Globes, didn't it? It looked like an unshaken snow globe. Like somebody <laughs> needed to pick it up and watch them flakes just... <laughs> Seriously, man. But uh, no, all seriousness, right? All seriousness about the main event. Look, I want to, I want to, I want to give everybody their their props. Put on an event like that. Um, those two ladies definitely went to war, right? You just can't expect me to have a real serious take about a fight where one of the competitors was wearing my grandfather's orthotics. Okay. Fuck, Amanda Serrano was wearing Skechers orthotics. She didn't even have fucking boxing shoes on, Vin. She looked like one of them, like one of them poor girl replacements that they fucking that they fill in the last second, you know. And it's like, oh yeah, look, she's wearing the title shorts and the title tank top, right? And look, oh, she's wearing her Asics running shoes. That's cute. She just got started. Doesn't have her boxing shoes yet. <laughs> You know, and I'm sitting here, and that's what I'm dialed in on. I'm sitting here looking at Amanda Serrano's fucking 
tennis shoes <laughs> she's wearing in the ring. And then I'm looking at this fucking swole monster in Katie Taylor <laughs> wearing proper boxing attire. And I'm going, hmm, I wonder who's going to win. I hate to boil it down to this little fucking <laughs> simplified residue here. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the chick wearing the boxing shoes. How about that, man? <laughs> That's a good one. You know, I understand that every once in a while so- somebody shows up to the to the fucking outdoor hoops, you know, rocking some Asics low tops, right? And you'd be like, who this Mark what, rocking the fucking Umbro booty shorts, young, <laughs> right? And every once in a while, every once in a while, one of them motherfuckers be balling out. They'd be like, man, that motherfucker quick. Don't let that dude get you on a soccer field, son. <laughs> man, that motherfucker could play some defense, young, right? He hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, good for everybody involved. I hope everybody made tons of fucking money. Katie Taylor uh, became a little bit more famous. And you know what? Honestly, they should do it again. Fucking, it was a raucous, raucous crowd of Bravo subscribers, you know? <laughs> Queer eye for the straight guy uh, fans. Uh, dude, I, you pointed that out to me, and I was like, you know what? I wasn't paying attention to it during the fight, but that was an awful, uh, let's just say opaque audience <laughs> yes yes um dude but, the fight was good though man i honestly was watching that fight like you know what god damn like it, i gotta give it to them because they fucking went at it those fight that 12th round closing it out you like you said the atmosphere was really fucking good if it's on again i'm watching it again these motherfuckers try to make this shit pay-per-view. We're going to have a problem. <laughs> That's where my virtuosity ends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I ain't paying for it. My virtue signal don't shoot that far. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of reach. But you, I, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. like, but I, look, they should do it again. I think it's going to be massive when they do it again. And, and I will be there with, with fucking bells on to watch it because it was worth it entertainment value the entire time. But there was some curiosities surrounding the event. <laughs> Were there? Yes. <laughs> what kind? Oh, we spoke of these curiosities, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it involve a necklace of miniature dried penises? <laughs> I did not see that, no, but it could have. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was something completely different. <laughs> Brutal, brutal. So um, let me ask you this, Vin. Yes. Uh, because honestly, I couldn't get past the <laughs> – I just couldn't get past the stride rights. I, had to, I couldn't, honestly. She's, I think she always does that, but I feel you. <laughs> I just couldn't get past it. It's like <laughs> fucking grandma's bowling shoes. Oh, ridiculous, man. But did you think that the, the fight was – you know, in dispute, did you think Katie Taylor won a legitimate decision? Uh, I thought it was pretty fucking close. I could have gone either way. Yeah. I, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't have been a robbery either way. Yeah. You know, and I had fucking money on Serrano. She cost me. <laughs> she cost me my big parlay. You know, it, it died with Amanda. So what's next for Katie Taylor, Vin? <laughs> you had the wrong show for that motherfucker. Just give me the rematch. That's all. I'm- Will you be betting on the rematch? I will be betting on the rematch, and if Amanda Serrano doesn't, you know, blow her fucking tank trying to knock Katie Taylor out in a, for two minutes in a round, or they make it three minutes, three minute rounds, I will bet Serrano again. 
Well, hopefully you learned the lesson that I did the day that I bet on Highlight at the off-track betting place. Yeah, stop betting on what you don't know about, buddy. Yeah, no idea what those guys are doing. <laughs> Just because you saw it on Johnny Knoxville take a fucking orange with a Highlight thing to the nutsack doesn't mean you know about the sport, Ken. No, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, man. All right, then. News and notes and we're out of here. Earl and Terrence. Yes. All right. It looks like these two are heading straight for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been hearing some people being a little bit sus that it's going to happen this year, but Bud came out and said, "Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't care what you're hearing about uh, a possible fight against Keith as a, as a as a tune-up. I'm going straight to Earl." That tells me that that shit's happening this fall. What yeah. say you? Yeah, I mean that. Look, the speak from both of them is—it's obviously to me that the promotions kind of started already. A two-fight deal with the rematch with, with with the with the option for a rubber match. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's going to be a rematch clause for either fighter. I, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, you know, I think Errol's the A side in this fight, obviously, but I don't think it's like this thing where he's going to be able to, you know, have his way. You know, it, it ain't fucking Burger King. He ain't going to have it all his way. We'll see what kind of leverage they have. I mean, I understand Errol has been fucking philandering at 147 pounds for a while, but some of that some of that tenure, that motherfucker been tied up in the hospital. Uh, a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. And, 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 and Bud's been making statements along the way. Look, man, I just want this fucking fight to be announced this summer, and so I can just start shanking now because I'm going to need to prime that fucking shaft up <laughs> You know, get it toughened up, man. It's like, you know, it's you can't like... can't just show up on fight week. No, you can't just work in an office for four years and then run out there and grab a fucking <laughs> shovel and start filling up wheelbarrows with gravel. Nah. You're going to end up with some serious fucking blisters, yeah. and then you're going to be out of work for a couple weeks. Yeah, you're going to have to put that thing on bed rest. Exactly. We can't be having that, man. <laughs> get that thing primed up, because if that fight is made, honestly, man, as much as I want to see Usyk Fury, as much as I want to see... And I know we're in the minority for some fucking retarded reason uh, of people that want to see the trilogy between Canelo and and Triple G and the trilogy between Chocolatito and, and Estrada. No, no, no. I want to see all those. Yeah. I don't want to see them any less. I just want to put them in the back of the line because the only fight that matters to me in boxing is yeah. Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence. Yeah, I mean, look, the conversations that will surround that fight if and when it happens is, you know, is the winner of this fight number one pound for pound in the world automatically because it's two top five pound for pound fighters and you and you rarely see it. Just the thought of this fight being in Vegas is like trying to stop myself from not buying a ticket and not getting a hotel room and not buying a flight. I, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm going to have to be at this fight. I'm going to have to be. Uh, in exchange for semi-positive coverage, anybody out there? <laughs> we can do a read, possibly. Probably not. No, I'm not doing any fucking reads. No. But I'll take a credential for this one. No other ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's if we're invited. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, man. I can't go with you. I can't do it. I mean, there's just, you know, I can't. They need to do something local. We need a big fight here on the, at least... At least within an like an eight hour drive, you know yeah, what I mean? It would be like, nice. I'll go as far as Atlanta. I would even jump on a fucking plane to Florida because it's only a, a fucking hour and a half, two hour flight, you know. But jeez, uh, man, fucking another trip to Vegas. 
that's kind of overrated, young, especially when you pour. Because we, <laughs> when you pour, you got to stay at the hotel that Carl Moretti be staying at, and them fucking, and them, you know what I'm saying? Them ones with like the floor that be sticking to your feet and shit. Yeah, yeah. Now nah, them elevators, you walk in, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> shit, a little worn path on the carpet. <laughs> oh, we know those worn. Oh paths. yeah, those the old Econo Lodge will treat you real right. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. But uh, Canelo Alvarez fight week it is, so let the festivities begin. Yes, fire up that Vincente Fernandez, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 352 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, it's available anywhere audio podcasts are available. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The video version is available on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at the Boxing Rant. We'll see you next week on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.